Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, and we are back for week three of the Monday Night Wars. This series is all tied up. Both the dog show, WCW, and WWE are tied for first place. Who's going to take the lead? I'm your host, the man of 15-ish holds, Trevor Shelby. And joining me this week, just like every week, is the one, the only, Mr. Average, Thomas Kennedy. Hey, thanks. Thanks, 15 holds. Yeah, no problem, Mr. Average. We, uh, we, we, I believe we had a pretty decent week this week. Um, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching both Raw and WCW, so it's going to be a pretty good, uh, pretty good show, I think. Yeah, um, I think both shows had really good matches. Yeah. Before we get into a lot of what we've seen and what the matches were, uh, I, I was kind of wondering, uh, what do you think the, the best match that you've seen so far is so far like all of the yeah the, out of out of what were... we've seen so far we've had matches like sabu and alex wright uh mr wall street versus sting we've had hogan versus lex uh razor and the british bulldogs does that include today's um no no show? no spoilers no spoilers and that would have to be Shawn Michaels. Psycho Sid versus Shawn Michaels? Yeah. Yeah. That was good. That was good. Now, if I'm not, I'm, I'm not counting the pay-per-view, and if any of you guys are, you know, listening or watching the pay-per-view as well, uh, you should know that I've already done the TNT Battlegrounds episode. And we covered war games for WCW. And that, that, I'm telling you, if you just want to watch war games and only watch the first match, Flying Brian versus Johnny B. Bad is a great match. Great match. Best match I've seen so far. But if I'm going for, you know, if I'm going for, uh, you know, best, best match as of right now, I'm going to have to go with, Probably Psycho Sid versus Shawn Michaels. Maybe even Macho Man and I, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and change that. I'm gonna say Macho Man and Scott Norton. I think that was one one. That was a good match. one. Yeah, yeah, that was a very good. One. I really like the storytelling in that one. Macho Man, he uh, he he did well and still got over. So I think that was a good match. So. So this week, to avoid spoilers, I started with uh, Raw. What did you start with? I started with Raw as well. Just because, yeah, yeah I didn't want to take the chance of Eric Bischoff. Yeah, spoiling it. Yeah, that was a little bit of a disappointment for me. Because I, I am watching this, most of these episodes, for the first time ever. And I don't really want any spoilers. I want to experience this as if I was watching this, you know, in 95. So uh, I I try to stay away from any spoilers on the internet. It's kind of hard to do. Uh, like this week, I was looking up a couple wrestlers. And when I was reading about them, it ruined what was happening in this episode. But, um, you know, I'm trying to stay as spoiler-free as possible. 
Well, that's kind of difficult, man. Is this, you know, twenty some odd years ago? I know, but you know, not everybody talks about these matches that happened. I mean, you know, I went and went went back and watched the the DX Invasion, right of WCW. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and I I remember seeing a lot of that, and so it'll be interesting when I do start seeing some of these episodes for a second time. You know, what I do remember and what I don't. So the first, uh, see, WWE started off, uh, they had a pretty good little recap. I guess they do that every, every show. They kind of recap what happened. Um, they put a nice little video package together, Razor and one, two, three kid having their little falling yeah. apart. And then I, I thought was great was they even included Jerry the King Lawler yelling over them the whole time. Exactly. And uh, I'm going to count that. So you know that's a drink if you're if you're uh, one of the uh, playing the game there. So playing the drinking game. So then they they did the whole opening, and I was this different than the opening from last week. The they had the big wrestling match on top of the building. Yeah, it was a it was a, a different intro than the past. In the past weeks, yeah, yeah, and I, I wonder, I kind of wonder if they're going to change it up a little bit every week, but uh, that that could be tiresome. But uh, you know, I notice, I recognize some of the video from that as being the, uh, the like the part where they hit the chain link fence and stuff as being part of the original uh, Degeneration X uh, video. Yeah. So I thought that was yeah. kind of cool that I we, we saw where that footage actually came from. Um, and then they also had the awkward uh, song that went with it, or music. So awkward um, I, music. It's weird, man. Uh, I, I there's no other way I can really explain that one. Um, so the first match of the night is one, two, three, kid versus Razor Ramon. Uh, I think that honestly if i were going up against wcw i would have made the same choice i would have put this match dead first uh so you whoever's looking in or is seeing one incredible match uh, yeah they, they you know the match itself uh really highlighted how one two three kid how fast he is and Razor, you know, he he kind of stumbled in the beginning. He couldn't really catch him, which I thought was kind of cool. It kind of puts one, two, three kid over. Uh, once Razor does kind of take control, man, uh, he hit him with one of those uh, chops to the chest that just yeah. echoed through the crowd. The whole crowd was I, like, oh. I, I could have sworn he's cracked some ribs with that. <laughs> yeah, it was, man, it was loud. Uh, but yeah. I mean, one, two, three kid really used his quickness. He took back control. Uh, it was really kind of the story of David versus Goliath. Um, the match does go on a little longer than I kind of, kind of, I kind of thought it would. Uh, and uh, kid kind of, he kind of loses steam. I mean, that's going to be part of his downfall. There is, you know, he's quick, but it seems like he doesn't got the stamina to keep it up. But he's also new. Right, exactly. Uh, so both men end up running into the ref, 
Uh, he's out for the count. Dean Douglas hits the top rope, does a splash on Razor. Uh, both the ref and the kid didn't see what happened. I don't think one, two, three kid realized that that happened. Kid no, covered he, Razor, got the one, two, three. Yeah. So we have another Dean Douglas interference, which is kind of building up for their match coming up at In Your House. What do you What do you think about this match? I thought the match was was really well choreographed. Uh, you know, it's the it's the first time we 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 actually see what one two three kid can do in the wars itself. Right. Uh, they're, they're, you know, he's been in there a few months beforehand, but you know, right now he's really starting to show his colors because uh, he, yeah. you know, even as Xbox, he he was a very technical wrestler. He could, he was a good high flyer, you know, up until he got booted from the WWE. Uh, right. Razor I... Ramon, you know, he's he's a giant. You know, he he can he's. A brawler. He he did what he he's supposed to do. He just beat down once he got once he got a hold of one two three kid. He just beat him down, and yeah. it was it was a very exciting match. I think. Yeah, it really was. I I went ahead and gave this match a four out of ten. It wasn't the greatest match. It wasn't the worst. I I this is something that I like that wrestlers do now that they don't do so much at this point in time. So Dean Douglas interrupted and we saw Razor lose the match because of it. And all he did was some kind of splash, like a, almost like a frog splash or whatever on his back. So that's all we've seen. So in today's wrestling, when stuff like that happens, a lot of times, like if it were, you know, whoever, uh, that's about to capitalize on this and they pin the other wrestler they'll be like one two and then they kick out and so it's kind of like oh my god you know like it kind of builds up that excitement you know they got interrupted but they're still in the match so i think it would have been cool if razor could have kicked out and then maybe uh maybe one two three kid hits a big move off the top rope or something then ends it i mean i still think kid should have won but i think that uh I really think that it could have, it, they could have made it a little more dramatic there at the end. Yeah. I'm going to give it a five and a half. Okay. Just because it was very well choreographed and, you know, the story was there, you know, they, you could see the frustration of the two going in because of what's been going on. Uh, you know, one, two, three kid is, upset and he's you know showing he's upset he wants to he wants his day in the light you know he wants to have his 15 minutes of fame and he gets it so right. you know i'm going to give it a five and a half uh, okay. so you know it, it, it it's just a little shy from being a six but you know whatever yeah um after this, Dean Douglas cuts a promo, cutting down both Razor and the kid. He does this whole grading thing. Okay, and all that. okay. So, so this promo. Okay, so I, he's a quick change artist. He has to be because he's yeah. he goes from uh, a button down and jeans and uh, work boots to his wrestling 
happened here in this promo. So yeah, I yeah. mean, seriously, I mean, he's 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 a excellence apparently. So he's grading these guys. So yeah, he's going to be the guy that's going to be first one in. Change, get ready. He must have showered and shaved in between as well. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. It was pretty crazy. Buddy grades him, and the 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 grades that he gives him spells out Dean. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I'm not really sure what that proved, except for uh, it spelt out his name. So. Uh, during this whole promo, once again, we got Jerry the King Lawler talking all over it. So, once again, take a drink. The drink. Yeah. <laughs> Second drink of the night. So, now we got Savio Vega versus, or, and Bob Holly versus Tatanka and Kama. Um,. I really don't know anything about Savio Vega except for he was a wrestler. Uh, he's very, like, well received with the audience. And Bob Holly looks comical to me as a race car driver. It's, it's hilarious. His hair, everything is just funny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, think it, I mean, of course, yeah, I'm used to his, you know, his high and tight, you know, and he's got long hair. Yeah. Guess, yeah. Yeah. I can see um, that. So Tatanka and Kama, they're, they're a pretty decent tag team. They, uh, this match started off real high energy. Um, let's see, they, they kind of poke fun that Holly's not really known for winning races. Uh, Tatanka is able to bait Bob Holly several times in the match, and so they're able to double team uh, the ref. Uh, well, with the ref concentrated on Holly. Uh, once Holly gets his tag in, he takes control, but the finish is nothing special. Holly jumps from the top rope, but Kama decides, or uh, kind of catches him and reverses it for the one, two, three. Uh, the finish was messy, I think. It, it didn't look very fluid in the way he caught him and spun with him. Uh, it kind of no. looked, like, looked like he dropped him on his head. So Yeah, it did. It, I, I am a Tataka fan, so I, I really want to give this a good rating, but uh, I'm once again 4 out of 10. Not bad, but not, you know, great. I'm going to give it a 4 as well. Yeah. Um, after this match, Razor cuts another promo, or Razor cuts a promo on Dean Douglas, and then they, they have another, uh, package, uh, video package with Jean-Pierre, uh, Lafayette, Lafayette, what, what is, Lafayette. I, I don't remember, Lafayette, yeah, and he's being billed as a pirate, so, yeah. He's running around stealing, like, Bret Hart's jacket and his, like, the glasses he gives to a little kid. And so they're they're poking fun at it and saying that he's going to wear all these items at the pay-per-view when they meet. Which is kind of humorous and kind of stupid at all the same time. I I really don't like this character. He has, I I just don't understand the pirate thing. But it is 
what it is, I guess. But you love pirates. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I do. I do. Thing. I really do. I I love pirates, but and talk like a pirate day is my favorite holiday. But that being said, they did a very poor job of making a wrestling pirate. Uh, he has a match with uh, Brian Walsh, and it uh, it's right after this this video package. It is a total squash match. Uh, Vince gets on the phone with Bret Hart, and Bret Hart's apparently filming on Lonesome Dove at this time, and so he's not at the show, so he calls in. And, you know, Bret Hart's just burying him during this match. He's like, he says, I don't even think there are pirates out there anymore. <laughs> and so, and they just, they don't even talk about the match hardly. They're, they're just talking to Bret Hart about what's their match coming up at the In Your House pay-per-view. Uh, then John Pierre hits a cannonball, gets the one, two, three. The match is only a few minutes long. What did you think about it? Uh, I really give this a three. The match was, was, was really just a filler. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. And it, it would, it was only going to go as long as, uh, as deemed necessary, which is why it was a, a short match because, um, as they'll see later, the tag, ma- the next tag match went really long and the one, two, three kid match went long. So right. they had, they just needed that to fill a three-minute space. Um, yeah. So they they did it. You know? Well, I think the match was pretty one-sided and lame. Uh, so I went pretty harsh on a one out of ten. Uh, the guy, this guy is fighting Bret Hart at the next pay-per-view. And they're just giving him jobbers to fight along the way. It's pointless. And it does nothing for this pirate, this John Pierre. They... They could have put him against Sid Vicious. They could have put him against, you know, just about anybody that actually has a name. Uh, at this point, you could have done the British Bulldog. I mean, it just there's all these people you have at your disposal, and you pick a no-name Brian Walsh that nobody's ever seen before, and of course he's going to destroy him in, like, three minutes. So... I don't think it builds for the match. I don't think it, it does anything for that. I'm not excited to see Bret Hart fight this guy. Cause this it just guy gives them an excuse to be on TV before the pay-per-view that they're wrestling. Yeah. It, it, I don't think it does anything for their future match. So I think it's a bad booking. Yeah. So the match after this, this is the uh, kind of the big main event. Uh, we have Men on a Mission, which is Mabel and Moe, versus Owen Hart and Yokozuna with Jim Cornette and Mr. Fuji. Uh, this is a big man match. Yeah, uh, very big. <laughs> yes, very big. Uh, before the match, we actually they actually show the WWE officials coming down. They they're going to reinforce the ring. Because we've got two guys in this match that are over 500 pounds. Uh, and the ring can't take that amount of weight. Yeah, yeah. We've got Mabel and Yokozuna 
both of these guys are huge and this is like king mabel at this point he won king of the ring this year so yeah he's got these guys carrying him carrying him to the ring <laughs> and it's it I mean, is hilarious. The look on their faces was so worth it. They are dying under his weight. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mabel is, uh, this is, this is one of his characters that I like. Uh, later on, he becomes Viscera, and he, I, I really enjoyed the Viscera character when he was, uh, in the Ministry of Darkness and he had the, the crazy eyes and all that. He was a pretty formidable foe. Uh, the, I, I really liked him. So, yeah. So we've got the odd team of Own Heart and Yokozuna. Uh, they come out with their managers. Men on the Mission are actually a pretty good tag team. Uh, they do a really good job. They target Owen Hart through a good portion of this match. They don't let him get Yoko in. Uh, as soon as Owen Hart does get his tag in, the match turns pretty quickly. The, uh, I, I noted that I really like the, uh, when the two big men were in the ring, the, any time that they fell over, the cameraman would do the Star Trek shake. So, yeah, he, he would, he would shake as if they, they, they caused an earthquake. It was hilarious. The I, uh, well, I mean, I imagine that it did cause an earthquake. Yeah, it it, it probably shook some stuff, and you know, not just the ring. Uh, so uh, we had a a finish where Cornet's able to distract the referee. Uh, this is while Owen and Yoko are able to pull out the double team. Uh, Yoko does a leg drop on the back of Mo's head, and Owen scoops him up for the one, two, three. I thought this was a good big man match. It was fun. This was, and there was a lot of officials being distracted by the other team. Yeah. It. I mean, every time there was a double team by Owen and uh, and Viscera, I'm going to call him Viscera because that's why I know that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, They, you know, the, the other team would you know, try and show us that you were screaming at them or try to get the double team on them and they keep them away. And there was a double team for, for minutes going on on some of those spots. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it was a great match. Yeah, it was fun to watch. I really enjoyed it. So I gave that one a 6 out of 10. I gave that a, uh, a 6 out of 10 as well. The After the match, uh, we kind of wrapped with the... HBK uh, cutting another promo. He he uh, makes fun of, of Owen's nose, and then uh, Vince McMahon interviews Jim Cornette uh, along with uh, the uh, uh, with uh, with uh, Owen Hart, Yokozuna, and Mister Fuji. Um, I think Mick Cornette or Jim Cornette is one of the best talkers in the business. Uh, he he started in this business just taking photos and I believe it was in mid South wrestling and. After, oh, so he's an Oklahoma guy. Yeah. He's from Oklahoma. Uh, he, or he's lived here, I believe he, 
his wife is from here and he's been here recently but he he is a very good talker he i know at this point i don't know how well owen is on the mic and you know yoko uh is japanese and he has his manager so we kind of have the the a language barrier um i'm not entirely sure if that's true or not i i i think yokozuna can speak english but i'm not sure um but he does his job very well and he talks and he gets his wrestlers over and i think he does a good job of it so they yeah they they basically outline what's going on at the next pay-per-view and how you know if either of these two wrestlers get a shot at diesel's championship or Shawn michaels championship they're gonna take it so and one thing that that uh that really surprised me was there was a lack of terry lawler talking over it right yeah, and they kind of had the reins pulled in on Jerry Lawler on this, so it was it was a pretty good little promo, and it it set things up. I'm not too excited for this in your house pay per view. I think this this match is confusing and is going to be a mess. I just don't see it working the way they think it's going to work. I don't i I don't see putting the tag team belts on Shawn Michaels and Diesel right now if that's worth it cuz they're going to have all the gold at that point. And yeah. And vice versa, I think the only at this point in time, the only person between Owen Hart and Yokozuna is going to be Yokozuna if someone's going to take like Diesel's championship. So that's kind of what i think is gonna happen maybe diesel's gonna lose uh you know all it would take is him falling down and yokozuna sitting on him so yeah. <laughs> i mean that's all it would take for either of them yeah so i don't know we'll see how this finishes and how this uh storyline progresses i i you know i just don't see owen winning it at this time so so raw not a bad show it was fun uh there was a lot of good wrestling and that's one thing i like about raw is they put on a little bit more wrestling than they than wcw does wcw is still very green at this point so their show is a little kookier in points but i think they're getting it together Uh, this show opens up with eric bischoff screaming this is where the big boys play so once again if you're if you're playing the drinking game uh, take another drink and then they have uh, mongo uh is he's holding up his dog and he introduces pepe the dog uh, pepe the chihuahua which is the the name of the dog from the end of last episode they god why yeah so this is coming off of the the pay-per-view that they just had. Um, this was the the Fall Brawl. And so at Fall Brawl, one of the things that happened was Hulk Hogan was 
given this motorcycle and he he's been showing it off he rode it all the way to the to the uh arena and so he's so he's outside the arena with his motorcycle he's got all these fans outside he's talking to and i think he's being interviewed by mean gene um and so next thing you hear is mean gene going oh oh get out of the way and everybody scatters and the giant has a giant size you know monster truck and he takes out the motorcycle he runs it over the whole time and then he starts laughing crazy um yeah so he's like oh <laughs> yeah um so which uh, i have to bring up you know after you watch this and after i watch this you know I am shocked that I knew a bit about a bit of trivia that you didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Because you came up to me and asked me if they were billing uh, the big show, a.k.a. the Giant, as Andre the Giant's son. I was like, yeah. Yeah. You didn't know that? Yeah, so they have this this uh, noise in the background. It sounds like a, an ambulance, and that's exactly what it is. And Mean Gene just so happened to be walking by at this point. And so, with a cameraman. And so, he uh, he decided he's going to interview the people coming out of the back, which is the Giant and uh, Kevin Sullivan. And Mean Gene gets on to the Giant, and he's like, your father wouldn't approve of this, and he would be so disappointed in you. And Andre's going, he says that... Uh, he goes, my father would be right here with me if he were still alive. So at that whole time, I was like, huh, who are the, who's his dad? And I, then it started hitting me that, oh, they're trying to say Andre the Giant is his dad, which is, as a current wrestling fan, very confusing. So uh, I, I did not realize that's what they were going to, the Billy Maz, but... Yeah, the, eh, you know that's it, what they build them as. It is what it is. I I don't see that sticking very well. I mean, people are more wise than that than this, but you know, whatevs. We'll see how it happens. We'll, we'll see how it know. goes. The first night, the first match of the night is the American Mel's versus the Blue Bloods. Uh, Stephen Regal and the Earl of Eaton is how they said their names. Now. But they, yeah, they they don't exactly get to wrestle because they get the snot kicked out of them by Harlem Heat, who are the new WCW tag team champions. They won the previous night, uh, so you know we're within twenty four hours of them, you know, winning these championships, and now they're coming out and. Uh, so willingly yeah very willingly they, they're ready to be fighting champions apparently so harlem heat announced that they're the tag team champs and they're gonna turn up the heat on nitro by putting the titles on the line so you know the ref just goes with it he's like whatever we're here for a match and so he rings the bell the match was pretty interesting. Uh, the American Mills is make, made up of uh, Marcus Bagwell and Scotty Riggs, who are actually two very talented wrestlers. At nine minutes uh, into the show, uh, 
I noted that Booker T hit a will kick that almost takes off Scotty's head. It was impressive. Um, then Harlem Heat, you know, they're doing a really good job tagging in and out. They they really do, you know, they they're showing why they are yeah. the champions at this point. It makes me wonder why um, Booker's tag partner didn't make it uh, into the WWE. Well, I I don't know this for sure, but I think a part of the storyline is legal issues. I don't know okay. how true that is, though. I think that's hinted upon later on. I think that may be a developing storyline later. Um, not entirely sure on that. But... Yeah. The Harlem Heat's doing a good job. Um, they, uh, Scotty Riggs is, you know, he's been in trouble for a while. He's been stuck in the ring. He can't get a tag. He finally gets Bagwell tagged into the match. Uh, Sherry gets up on the uh, apron and she pulls her shoe off. And in comes the Colonel. Yeah, and in comes the Colonel. So she's about the wallop uh bagwell in the back of the head with this shoe and the colonel just walks up to her and holds his arms out and she looks down at him and falls into lovingly into his arms and he and her just start smooching away she's she's apparently forgotten her part in this match <laughs> and uh as they start making out, Bagwell's able to reverse a slam that Booker tries to throw on him. He gets the pin, one, two, three. We have new champs, the American Mills. So, yeah, that was, I mean, surprising. A 24-hour turnaround on, on, yeah. on, on titles. Right, and they, these titles change hands, not at a pay-per-view, but they happened, you know, at the show. And this is a to me, this is a very good way to show that, hey, anything can happen on Nitro when we, these titles. And this is a time when, this is when, like, WWE uh, and all of the other uh, belts, except for the WCW TV title, were exchanged on paper. Right. You didn't ever see you know, any of the WWE titles hardly ever change hands. I don't, and we haven't seen it yet uh, on WWE, but, you know, WCW is showing that, hey, watch us, because if you don't, you're going to miss something. And so what I kind of took away from this match was the only way Harlem Heat was going to actually win this is with Sherry's help, because... Since she didn't help them, they lost. And that's kind of what they're blaming on her. And they should just fire her and be done with it. Uh, her and the Colonel storyline is kind of ridiculous, uh, but it's kind of humorous as well. I gave this yeah. match a 6.5 out of 10. I think it would have been lower if Harlem Heat would have just won, because that's predictable. But, you know, this was pretty unpredictable, uh-huh. so... I'm going to give it a, a probably a six point seven five. Oh, there you go. Because almost the you same. You know, uh, 
the match was good, but it wasn't legendary, so it wasn't worth a seven. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I but, think you, know, I, you I, got you got Booker T, and he didn't get to the to the spinner room. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't hit the spinner room. But man, that will kick! I'm telling you, nine minutes in, watch yeah. it. It is it's devastating. Um, and then and I have a question. Actually. Yeah, what's up? So, so Stephen Regal is he actually William Regal? Yeah, that, that's William Regal. He is okay. a uh, major WCW player uh, at this era. So we'll see him for a while longer before he jumps ship. He, yeah, because he jumped ship before the before the invasion. Yeah, and he he's never like a he he kind of stays mid card if I remember right. So we'll we'll see. He's always been a mid card. Yeah. Um but he's he's got talent though. Yeah, he does. And he's he's an asset to a lot of the current wrestlers as to you know how how to uh present yourself and how to, you know, actually tell a story in a wrestling ring. So, and that's something that he, a lot of these wrestlers I mean, he don't is do. he is really a good wrestler and you know, he's always I think it was his choice to stay mid card so he could help out those up and coming writing stars. Yeah. And now we're going to um, your opposite, uh, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff versus Johnny B. Bad. Now, 24 hours before, Johnny B. Bad had a epic battle with Flying Brian Pillman. And. That match stole the whole show. I could care less about War Games and everything else that happened that night. That Brian Pillman match and Johnny B. Bad was epic. This was interesting as well. Um, Mr. Wonderful comes out. He's admiring himself in a little mirror the the entire time. That's all he does. <laughs> he... He walks to the ring barely looking around. He just stares in a mirror. And he it almost takes him longer than it takes The Undertaker to get to the ring. I mean, he, he is just... I think we should time that one time. Yeah, it was bad. He, I think the him going to the ring was almost as long as the match, I think. Not really, but it, it, was, it was pretty long. <laughs> um... Johnny B. Bad came out to a pretty good pop. He is kind of over at this point because he had that great match uh, 24 hours before. Um, and Mr. Wonderful really kind of starts this uh, starts this off by getting in a fight with the referee. Uh, he won't listen to the referee. And I really thought the referee was going to end this match right there because they got in a pretty good little yelling fit right away. And this is when we got the Steve McMichael quote of the night. And he said, folks, get out of the refrigerator. The commercials are over. There's more action than a rooster sees in a hen house. <laughs> I I try to to block him out. I know. <laughs> and was, actually, he didn't he didn't try to do very many play by plays, which is he good because I got uh, you know 
but he did take some shots at the at the brain. He always, yeah, uh, as always. I think that's like that's all he's there for is to poke at Bobby the Brain Heenan. And and he actually and, and Bobby's like really, yeah, gonna start this again. Yeah, and you know, not to get too sidetracked at this point, but last night's pay per view was so wonderful. Not because Mr. Wonderful was there, but because the commentary team was a two-man team. It was Tony Schiavone and Bobby the Brain Heenan. And that was it. Nice. Oh, it was so wonderful. <laughs> it, was, it was great. I really enjoyed it. And Bobby the Brain Heenan, at one point, was he spent like 30 seconds yelling at a fan. It was, it was great. So... Oh. Definitely worth a watch. Um, so, after this wonderful quote by Steve McMichael, we got uh, Johnny B. Bad is taken back control of the match. Uh, Paul gets on the outside, and Johnny's trying to call for a move where he's going to jump to the outside. And Mr. Wonderful picks his mirror up, and he's not paying attention. And I really feel like that this spot was supposed to have Johnny B. Bad jump over the ropes and hit Mr. Wonderful. Because he could have done that at any point. But on a technical side, the guy isn't paying attention. Johnny B. Bad doesn't want to jump out of the ring and Mr. Wonderful not catch him. I mean, you're, you know, I'm, you know, kayfabe aside, this, you know, they, they don't want to hurt each other. So, you could tell Johnny B. Bad is wanting to do this running leap. He, he's, he's calling for it, he goes to do it, and he doesn't do it. Because Mr. Wonderful's not watching. Then Mr. Wonderful walks to the other side of the ring, and Johnny B. Bad makes a run, like he's thinking, you know, Mr. Wonderful's watching, and he, he stops. He, you can see him question himself, like, ah, no, I'm gonna get hurt. And... Then he just does a little flip out of the ring and uh, lands on him. It was uh, it was sloppy. It you could tell Very. that they, you know, they probably talked about you know the spots that they wanted to do in this match, and it looks like uh, Mister Wonderful's just forgotten at this point what was to come next in the match. Um, I think at this point, and I'm not trying to be mean. Mr. Wonderful is past his prime. And I think that he could be in WCW, but not as a wrestler at this point. He's terrible on the microphone. And he... It looks like he's forgetting his spots. And he's making people that are over right now, like Johnny B. Bad, look bad. Well, you know, a lot of wrestlers. Yeah. <laughs> so, what did you think of this match? Well, considering what they started with, I mean, it took a it took a downhill slope from that slide. Right. Because um, you know you could tell they missed their march and stuff like that. It was sloppy, and so I'm going to give it a four. Yeah, I. I agree with that. Um, I was a little, I'm a little more harsh. I gave it a two out of ten. It was uh, the sloppiness was 
a bit much for me. I yeah, uh, I I think. Only... Oh, go ahead. Uh, there's only so much sloppy you can take. Yeah, I. This is how bad the match was. It was almost the same length as the Harlem Heat match, and the Harlem Heat match didn't seem that long to me. But this match seemed like it wouldn't end. So the Harlem Heat <laughs> match wasn't that long. Yeah, but it was had a lot of action. Yeah, exactly. Um, after this match, we had Eric Bischoff showing off a, a video package of where several of the WCW stars are going to be on Baywatch. Um, they show the Macho Man hilariously showing off to the girls on the show where he's just he's just working out and he's bench pressing this, you know, I don't even know how many pounds he's got. He's got several weights on there. And then out of nowhere, you have a horribly disguised Kevin Sullivan run up and throw the bar down on on uh, Macho Man's throat and it looks like he's in pain. It looks like he's in real pain. Oh yeah. <laughs> he does. I mean it looked like you know because he's like holding it there too. Yeah he does. <laughs> and everyone's screaming and he's just like ah and I was like I, I just watching it I was like what the heck and then out of nowhere, you got Ric Flair running up, and he kind of he he pulls uh, he pulls Kevin Sullivan off of him, and he keeps saying, uh, "I'm not, you know it's not like that devil. That's not you know or something." He kept calling him devil, and uh, yeah, and so you know they Ric Flair kind of saves the day on this one, and. You know, so after and they, Macho Man is not happy about that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's very odd. After that, you know, he he gets interviewed, and he, you know, Macho Man, you know, is talking about he got cheap shotted. You know, he got cheap shotted by you know Lex in the in the at the pay per view. Uh, and which was a complete accident. If you watch the pay-per-view, Lex accidentally hits him. Um, and then they ask him, uh, you know, what about, you know, Flair saving you there? And he's just like, thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> so he, he wants nothing to do with Flair. He doesn't want Flair to owe him one or him to owe Flair one. So it was, uh, it was a pretty odd response, but I think most responses from the Macho Man are odd. So you know, it wasn't, well, yeah, it mean, wasn't that bad of a package. No, but of course, you know, they did have the Macho Man uh, right before that that promo. You know, do uh, a Slim Jim commercial. Yeah. Um, hang on. Okay. Um, sorry, I was reading my notes. Uh, okay, so Lex comes out uh, during the Macho Man promo, and where he's he's cutting his little shoot there, and he actually confronts the Macho Man and tries to let him know that hey, I didn't cheat shot you, like that was an accident, and yeah, 
the uh the t they they start out you know arguing about it um lex hilariously says uh i'm here to be with the big boys you know so let's do it talking about them in a match them yeah. two fighting and macho man says uh, he'll show him where the big boys are all about and so i'm gonna count that as two drinks so they 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 pretty much said the whole thing twice so um that's two more drinks for you drinking game buddies so um of course you know they don't have a match uh right now um so that's gonna no, be that's gonna be next next week. week so they cut a package on you know the whole thing with the giant at war games and then they kind of show off a lot from the pay-per-view which i thought was kind of neat because at this point you know a lot of i guess you know like they a lot like the WWE never really showed off their pay per views that much. They would show picture stills of what happened in yeah, the match. Yeah, and they still do that. Yeah. Yeah. And WCW is all showing like a couple minute video of, you know, the War Games event showing, you know, Hogan and in distress being taken down by the giant. So that was pretty yeah. interesting. I thought that was neat. Um, yeah. And the giant trying to snap his neck. Yeah. It, 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 you know, I think that whole thing, you know, was put off pretty well. So I think they pulled it off. I, the giant looks like a big, formidable foe at this point. So yeah. Um. So the next match was Flying Brian versus Ric Flair. Um, once again, I'm going to plug Flying Brian's match was amazing last night. So <laughs> you gotta watch it. Uh, so I was kind of extra excited for this match. I was. I was eager to see this was see something. This is an epic match. I mean, you know, they're 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 kind of giving way to his future persona. Yeah, he uh, and you know, if you watched the pay per view last night, you would see Brian Pillman just losing it, and. He when he fought Johnny B. Bad throughout the match, he went in there as Flying Brian, and he left there as Brian Pillman. The the he had so much character development in that one match; it was pretty cool to watch. He he kept screaming at the camera, saying "Who's the bad guy now?" and all this stuff. It was it was actually really entertaining to watch. And then later on, this is why Ric Flair and Brian Pillman are fighting. Um. Something cool that happened was Ric Flair fought Arn Anderson and out of, you know, a huge sign of respect, a lot of pro wrestlers in the back came out to ringside to watch this match. I mean, because how many times are you going to see these two people fight? So, yeah, you've got because I mean, Arn Anderson retired not long after that. Yeah. And you've got like Eddie Guerrero out there. You've got... um Brian Pillman, uh, Alex Wright, I think is out there. Uh, there's, 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 you know, people that surround the ring. Um, the Colonel's out there kind of humorously. He's out there fanning himself because he just got done smooching. And so it was, uh, it was, it was kind of cool to see that. But then at the end of the match, um, I guess Brian Pillman had another moment where he was like, F this. And he, 
jumped up on the apron and he kicked Ric Flair upside the head, causing Ric Flair to lose the match. Um, Arn Arn was able to pick up the win right after that. So, and of course, in the promo before the the match, you know, Flair is saying, you know, we're brothers, Arn. You're not supposed to have. We're supposed to handle this in the family, not yeah. you know, get outside help. Right. And so, yeah, Flair is convinced that this is Arn Anderson's, you know, this was, you know, his call. So um, I don't know if it happened that way because it really seemed like because they kept showing the wrestlers on the outside. I I think that Brian Pillman just got frustrated with what was going on in the match. So uh, it wasn't fast enough. No. Nah, well, uh, the first, you know, OK, so with Flying Brian versus Ric Flair. Uh, I think the first, like, full quarter of this match is Flair being Flair. He kind of owns the ring. He, you know, he's basically showing that he's the vet. And, you know, he's seen people like Brian before. Uh, we see a lot of typical Flair moves. Uh, once Brian kind of takes control, um, even the commentary kind of seemed to be not sure with what's going on with Brian. You know, they keep saying, like, why is he so different? And so I, interesting enough, uh, from what I do know of Brian Pillman's history, is that the commentators were really, like, truthfully not in on this character change. They they thought he was just odd. So, um, so when this, you know, was all going on, these are actual responses from them. They're, they're, they don't know why he's being the way he is. So... They have a lot of back and forth. Uh, the uh, chest slaps we see. We see Ric Flair um, picking up this win uh, with the figure four. Uh, Brian doesn't stand very. He doesn't take it very long. Um, and I really, I, I'm trying to recall. I think this is the first tap out of the Nitro era. I don't remember anybody else tapping yeah. out. So, but, you know. I... Now we've, we 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 we're speeding through this because I I gotta say that you know the 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 best part of the match is the 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 promo afterwards where mm-hmm. we see the bruises on Flair. Yeah. So when I said chest slaps earlier, it was from both sides, and. Brian Pillman slapped Flair so hard that his chest is purple. And it looks gross. It's not like regular Ric Flair without a t-shirt gross. It is like Ric Flair without a t-shirt and he's got a big purple bruise gross. It is... It's pretty nasty. Yeah. Um, I... I I really uh I I really enjoyed the Flying Brian Ric Flair match. I really enjoyed it. Um I don't think it was as good as Brian Pillman's match the night before. Um mainly because at this point in their career, Brian Pillman isn't at Ric Flair's level. So of course he's, you know, he's probably not going to be Ric Flair. And Ric Flair, you know, it's it's going to be hard for him to be main event quality if he's losing to somebody like Brian. So yeah. I understand the way they did it. 
I think the match could have went a little bit longer. I think it could have went, you know, a little bit, um, you know, I think, I think they could have showcased Brian a little bit more in this. Uh, but other than that, I think it was a, you know, your typical Ric Flair match. You know, I can't really, I can't really say too bad out of it. So I gave it a five out of 10. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give it a six because it, it was a really good match. Um, yeah, it could have been longer. Um, and you know, Brian wasn't, you know, isn't really up to the player's par. However, you know, that's why they threw him in the match was to, to bring him up in, in standings and to, uh, you know, make him a better wrestler. Right. So, and that's what, you know, towards the middle and end of Flair's career, that's what he did. That was his job. Yeah. Kind of putting over the, uh, the guys that, you know, kind of, you know, kind of, you know, doing his service for the guys coming up. Yeah. Well, you know, I, uh, uh, you know, after this match, that's when Flair starts going on about how he wants his revenge against Arn. Um, you know, you can, during this whole promo, I, I was very much distracted on the bruise. <laughs> it, it gets uglier and uglier as, as time goes on. Uh, Flair then says he's going to kick Arn's ass. Which Eric Bischoff, this is like the second time in this in this uh, show that Flair has screamed the word ass. So Ric Flair says they now need a censor because Flair won't watch his mouth. So he's joking about it. But this yeah. is this is kind of a moment uh, where we see wrestlers kind of testing the waters on you know, saying things like that, you know, kind of, kind of getting out, like, not so cursy curse words. Yeah, becoming, and this is, to me, it's the start of their attitude era. Yeah. So, and we talked about that before, you know, the, I think the first WCW Nitro was a little deceiving because, they had it at the mall and it felt like very classic wrestling to me. And so that's what I was calling this era was classic. So yeah, we're going to have to really think about what this era is now because it feels different than that. And you, you said yourself that you said it was like the beginning era, but this to me, I mean, am I wrong? Does this feel different than that first episode? Oh, very much so. I mean, from the intro to the sets, yeah, everything feels different. Yeah. Um, feels more rehearsed. Yeah, it, it, it feels more professional to me. I really, I really, you know, enjoy it. It's got a little bit of an edgy factor. Maybe, maybe we call it the edgy era. I don't know. So this is, but yeah, this is kind of the the start of their own little attitude era. So it's and it's very interesting that it's Ric Flair of all people to usher this in. So <laughs> we will we will see where this is going. 
Um, yeah, I, I, I think it'll, I think it's gonna shock us because I mean we still got like two or three years before Goldberg shows up, and you know it's so we got a lot of wrestling to, to build to that. Yeah, and I, if I remember right, it's Goldberg shows up, and you know they're they're working on the streak, so. You know, he's built very low card. I that's one of the things that I liked about his career was how he kind of built himself up with the streak. So he kind of like paid his dues on the way up. And so we will have many, many weeks of of his squash matches when he does show up. So it's quite a while before he actually gets that main event spot. So. Um. Looking at the current roster of WCW and seeing everybody that we've seen so far, what is a kind of a a match that you would have booked on this show instead of, say, the Mr. Wonderful and Johnny B. Bad? Um, the, the match that I've booked on either show, or can I mix uh, the, the superstars? Yeah, mix them up if you want. Okay. So the match that 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 I think would be amazing and kind of a little bit offsided, but still really good, mm-hmm. would be uh, Viscera and Shawn Michaels. Okay. So you've got King Mabel versus Shawn Michaels. Yeah. So you want to see another big man match where Shawn Michaels well, is w- kind of taking down the the David and Goliath story kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and see if if Mabel, you know, can, will you know like squish him or yeah, <laughs> uh, squish him music will will cause an earthquake. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. That actually sounds like a pretty good one. Um, if I were to uh, book something right now uh, with the current roster that we've seen so far, I would have probably gone for maybe... If I'm just looking at the WCW roster, I'm, I might do like Sabu versus Sting. That'd be good, yeah. Have uh, Sting win it, but... Uh, Sabu, uh, you know, at the end, not really caring that he lost and still trying to put Sting through a table. Maybe Sting gets out of the way. We are talking about Sting this era and not Sting. Right. Later on. Yeah, Sting later on, I would have booked that differently. Sting destroying Sabu (laughs) with a baseball bat, of course. But uh, overall, yeah. overall, I think that both shows did really well. I was actually surprised. I thought that it would be easier to pick a winner at this point. And it was actually very difficult for me to look at both products and say, ah, this one was clearly better. Um, for me right now, when I'm watching the stories that are going on, I think that I'm more interested in the WCW story right now, because what WWE has going on isn't 
too exciting to me. You've got Bret Hart not even showing up right now. He's at Lonesome Dove. You've got the champions. The pay-per-view that they're, they're, they're working towards is a tag match against the tag team champions in a very confusing match. You've yeah. got a pirate and, you know, other, you know, craziness going on. Um, and then the whole story with one, two, three kid and Razor Ramon. And I'm not really digging that so much because, I mean, if it was just between them two, it'd be fine. But Douglas in it is this doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. It seems like there's maybe one, two, three kid is one person too many in the storyline right now. So I would give that side to WCW uh, commentary. Uh, I really think that they pulled the J or um, they really pulled the King in on this one. So I give that to WWE. Yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, when Vince makes his heel turn and actually says that, Hey, I'm actually the chairman of the board. Yeah. That way get jr on there permanently mm-hmm. and uh match wise all the matches i think were pretty good both shows had their kind of squashy uh silly match that i didn't like uh but i'm i'm gonna give it to wcw this week i think that they probably won it uh, i i agree with you because i mean it's like like we said earlier it's Kind of one of the first times we see a, a title change hands on the show. Yeah. Yeah, we see. And this is the first time of all the weeks that we've been watching that all the matches had an ending. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's actually true. And yeah. I, uh, and I, I'm glad you brought that up because I would like to add a new drinking rule uh for this week and we we talked about this earlier and so this this rule is actually going to be targeted just on wcw so if on wcw if someone wins but after their match, immediately after, somebody runs in and attacks them, you take a drink. We've seen that every okay, week so, except this week. Well, I mean, we, we've we also seen where the match doesn't end. Right. And, uh, or, or is disqualified, and I think we don't want to kill people. And so I think there's quite a few disqualifications, but yeah, that's the reason why, you, that's the reason why you didn't take my suggestion of every time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to be blamed for any accidents or alcohol poisoning. So, but this was actually a, a pretty good drinking game week. And so we had, we had a few drinks going on and yeah. Um, I, I, actually really enjoyed this week so it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun and you know the matches are getting better and i, I have a feeling that it's going to be a lot harder for us to it's going to start getting harder for us to, to judge these. yeah and i i really think that this is kind of an important episode because of the rick flair 
and throwing out the ass word. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how quickly WWE responds with this because to me this is this is kind of the mark for maybe the beginning of the WCW kind of attitude era. And we haven't seen that yet with the WWE. And I would like to, I, I'm, I'm interested to see whenever we decide that we have officially switched into that era. So, well, you know, it, it, it's not going to be for a little bit because Steve and Steve Austin is still at the w, with WCW at this point. Right. Um, well, is he? Yeah. I I don't know if he is or not. I think Let me check that out real quick. I think he's actually um uh, just before this he's let go because that's when the Brian Pillman character starts to change cuz they were tag team partners. So I'm pretty sure Steve Austin has made his way over to WWE um or he's about to. Cuz he was stunning Steve in WCW, I believe. With WCW from 91 to 95, and then late 95, he went to ECW. Okay, yeah, that's right. That's right. He, that's, uh, and then that's why shortly after that, he signed with the WWE. Yeah, that's why he was a ringmaster for the WWE. Yeah. When he first signed on. Yeah, they, they gave him some, some bad gimmicks in the beginning. So, and then they, they wisely they you know they kind of paired him with um Ted DiBiase but you know if you're going to you know if you're going to have stone cold become stone cold you know he needs to be a loner so we'll see that that all develop here soon um or within the next year probably <laughs> well, yeah is yeah. You know, we'll see how long it takes. Yeah. Got a long way to go. Yeah, we do. So, uh, I'd like to thank everybody for watching this week. Uh, we were, we're, we are thoroughly enjoying it. Um, if you guys have any questions or anything, of course, you can stop by our YouTube channel. Uh, you can uh, drop any, any questions there or find us on Facebook or however and you can send us a question and uh, we could address that on the on the airwaves on the interwaves on the interwaves i'm sticking to that and if you are an interwaver um we will gladly enter your ear through your listening devices and you can find our podcast uh, just about anywhere now where podcasts are offered and where we've we've gone through the process and vetting of many places and now we are all over the place including YouTube so uh, check us out like subscribe and download and dance you have anything you want to add thank you very much <laughs> All right, thank you guys and see ya.